Okay. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Seven Days to Rock and Stone Guardians Comic Book Fridays. Uh, how are we doing there, Kev? Pretty good. Pretty good. We're getting, uh, getting into uh, Season 2 stuff, which is nice. Ooh. Yeah. This is our second season. Mm-hmm. We've been doing this for a couple months now. We're... It's, it's getting old hat. We're experienced now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Sure. <laughs> or so we'd like to think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so what, be, what have you been up to, Kev? Me taking care of that little one. Trying to get sleep uh-huh. whenever I can. Yeah. How's she doing? She's good. She's a lot bigger than she was. That's good. Out of the uh, uh, preemie clothes? Uh, yeah. Yeah, she's out of those now. Oh, nice. That's that was really quick. Yeah, she just she's healthy. I think yeah. she just came a little early before she could gain a pound or two, and then oh, she's there. So she's good. Very nice. What are we? Uh, what are we doing today? Uh, today we are going to talk about the Celestials. Oh, Ooh. and uh, and there's also a a. Revelation in the latest episode or issue of um, Eternals that I hadn't read before we did the last podcast. So ah. uh, we'll cover that slightly before we get into Celestials. But uh, we got some new releases for books coming out on the 15th. Um, All righty, let's uh, do that first. Yeah, so we've got our Marvel lineup. We got uh, Wolverine, number 22. Uh, Fantastic Four, number 44. Nice. I think you have to pick that up if you like Fantastic Four. I mean, you kind of have to pick it up. There. Yeah. Yeah. X-Men Red, number three. You got Moon Knight, Black, White, and Blood. So that's going to be a really nice uh, like anthology that gives you like a couple one-off stories in there. Uh, if you like Moon Knight. And I do, so I'll be picking that one up. So nobody likes them as much as you do, apparently. I, I know. Apparently. <laughs> um Iron Man number twenty. We got Spider Gwen. Gwenverse number three. Uh <laughs> so uh you do you know who Spider Gwen is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh it's Gwen Stacy. They, they did a little Spider-Man. Yeah, it's a it's a parallel universe where she became Spider Man and Peter Parker becomes a lizard. Didn't uh, know that part. Over. Didn't know yeah. that part. That's cool. That's the interesting part of that parallel multiverse universe. <laughs> um, but that's all about like different Gwens and what heroes they became. You got Ben Riley, Spider-Man number five, Star Wars Bounty Hunters 24, Spider-Man 2099, Exodus number two. Uh, we have the second Captain America, so Captain America Sentinel of Liberty number one. Uh, that is the Steve Rogers Captain America. Uh, the other book is the uh, Sam Wilson um, Captain America. Yeah. So we've got Which two is Captain Americas up. right now. In... The the first issue of that one's already out. Yeah, yeah, that one's going to be the going forward uh, Captain America. It looks like in the MCU. Uh, yeah, in the in the the Cineverse, Cineverse, Movieverse. Yes, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Uh, there's a uh, number four of what if Miles Morales. So this is Miles Thoralis because he is Thor in that book. Interesting. Okay. 
Uh, Iron Fist number four, Savage Spider-Man number four. You got The Marvels number eleven, Hulkling and Wiccan number one. So this is the printed version of the Marvels Unlimited book. Mm. Speaking of the Marvels, uh, have you watched that Miss Marvel yet? Yes. What did you think? I haven't watched it yet. I was going to ask you. Okay. Um, it's a lot of fun. Like, uh, there's been a lot of. Uh, heroes are like really heavy. They've got really heavy topics, really kind of dark. Uh, this one was just this was fun. Yeah, this one seems uh, geared towards um, geared towards a, a different demographic than the usual Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, I think it was true to the what comic books of hers I've read, uh, where they're they're just like a little more lighthearted. Uh-huh. Um, at least the ones I've read, uh, but. Uh, it seems to be in that same vein. So I think it was true to the character as far as I've experienced her. Well, that's good. Yeah, she seems like very, out, a very interesting character. Uh, the, the actress especially, Im- Iman uh, Vellani, I think is her name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, she's, she did great. So like, uh, apart from like the story and the character, she did really good. good. She was really fun to watch. Good, because apparently she was a big cosplayer as a kid. Oh, nice. Or should I say a younger kid, because she's what? I don't think she's any older than 18. Yeah, no, she's still like a, a teen. But uh, yeah, she said she was a big cosplayer. I saw in, in an article where she did an interview. Cool. But uh, that's pretty cool. It's nice yeah. to see the comic book fans, like especially now when, with these younger ones, the ones who, who literally, literally grew up with uh, the comic book universes that Marvel's created for them. Because it started in 2008, and I was, you know, just finishing high school. So it was cool for me. And then you've got these kids who were born in 2000, so they were 5 through 8. So they grew up idolizing these people more than uh, I would say I, I did. So that's a that's a pretty stone-cold pop culture uh, phenomenon right there. I don't think yeah. anyone's ever really done that before. Other than what the comics did on their own. This is, I'm just right. talking in a different medium. They've done. They've managed to do the exact same thing. But that's just a tangent. Continue on with what you were going with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no worries. Um, new Fantastic Four, Marvel Tales number one. So that looks interesting. Um, it's got Spider-Man, Hulk, I think Black Widow, and somebody else I can't remember. Uh, but it looks interesting. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be like a comic book going forward. It might just be like kind of a shorter version of what if but that one looked interesting and if you're into something new like pick that one up but uh definitely check out uh, miss marvel uh it's a lot of fun it felt very true to um the comic book character is a little bit more lighthearted of a character uh but now we move on to dc nice so break out your flashlight so you speaking, can see what's going on in the movie. Uh, speaking of DC, I don't know if anybody's paying attention to what's going on with Ezra Miller, but uh, as we're recording this podcast, uh, articles that came out yesterday say that he is uh, no longer able to be found uh, when they tried to serve him his court papers in the um, restraining Did order case for run the... away. Well, it sounds an awful lot like he, he kidnapped someone. Uh-oh. At least from what I from what I've read, this there's this 18 year old girl whose parents are trying to sue him for a restraining order, and they tried to serve him papers, and he's disappeared. And she is she is also 
not able to be found. Kind of sounds like he kidnapped somebody. So, I mean, that's, <laughs> all you, that stuff is so crazy. I don't know if you've watched, I, I don't know if you've been, anybody has been paying attention to what this dude has been doing for the last couple months, but he is spiraling out of control. Absolutely I mean, spiraling out of control. So he, he harassed the family. He uh, punched a bunch of, he got drunk and punched a bunch of people. Yeah. Or punched somebody. Punched in a, somebody. In a bar. I think he got a DUI too. Mm-hmm. Got a second one. And now apparently he's kidnapped someone. This dude's life is out of control. That picture um, they have uh, of him. Yeah. Um, it, he just looks unhinged. He like doesn't. There's just something, there's something like, wrong. in his eyes. There's something wrong. Um, I've never been a fan of Ezra Miller, but I hope that girl gets home safe and this dude finds the help that he needs. But also yeah, probably I mean, this point, should go like to going to jail. He should probably go to prison. Definitely rehab, if not both. So, prison rehab it is. Uh, I mean, yeah, rehab definitely. Dude needs some help, and uh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, but, or uh, even a psychiatric like uh, hospital. Yeah, where it's like locked down, something like that. If it's a psychological problem, he may just be crazy. And uh, yeah, yeah, he could just be a douche, you know. Could be, could be. But anyway, continue on with DC. Let's see what we got. Yeah, so we got Wonder Woman uh, seven eighty eight. We got Superman, Son of Kal El, number twelve. Uh, Batman, Urban Legends, number sixteen. Batgirls, number seven. Jurassic League, number two. I am Batman, number ten. Future State, Gotham, number 14. The Sandman Universe, Nightmare Country, number 3. Uh, we have another Pride episode for uh, DC here. We got DC Pride, Tim Drake Special, number 1. And then we've got uh, Naomi, Season 2, number 4. And I know we haven't seen any um, Pride issues from uh, Marvel yet, but they do have the Marvel Voices uh uh, Pride issue coming out sometime this month. Uh, so there'll be something Marvel for you two out there um, to celebrate Pride Month. Awesome. Uh, yeah. And we I got know that a bunch uh, of image. them were doing some interesting stuff with that. Yeah. I mean, it's really. Um, so Marvel has had an ongoing line of comic books called Marvel Voices. So um, we've had a, a lot of different ones. There's been. Um, uh, Asian Heritage Month. Uh, there's Native American and uh, like uh, Hispanic Heritage. Uh, that one too. I think there are more. Mm-hmm. I can't quite remember all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's there have been a whole bunch. Uh, so there are a whole bunch out there. Uh, and they're just like uh, they're anthology series. So you get uh, a bunch of stories about um, your favorite heroes that have that background. And, uh, you know, they don't usually have uh, much to do with, like, the ongoings of the universe. It's more like, you know, what is this character's life like? They're like uh, snapshots of that character's life. And they're a lot of fun. Kind of like a nice break from, like, all the action. Nice. Yeah. Uh, That brings us to Image. So we got... Image. uh, Image. Uh, King Spawn, number 11. Uh, Radiant Black, number 15. The Walking Dead Deluxe, 41. 8 Billion Genies, number 2. 
Slumber, number four. Farmhand, number 18. A Town Called Terror, number three. And one of my favorite named ones uh, for this particular release week uh, is Do a Powerbomb, number one. Do a Powerbomb? Uh, what is that? Yes. Uh, I think it's about wrestling. Um, that's at least what the cover gives me. Uh, you should you should Google it for sure. Go to leagueofcomicbookgeeks.com and check out uh, the releases for the week of the 15th for Do a Powerbomb, number one. Uh, we also got Savage Dragon, 262, Seven Sons, number one. And uh, this is a series I've been reading um, called Undiscovered Country. So Undiscovered Country, Destiny Man Special, number one. Uh, it's a really interesting one. It's about a world where the United States has uh, withdrawn from the like national stage, the global stage, I guess I should say. Yeah. And like literally erected like a, a hundred foot wall, a hundred percent around the country. And nobody has heard anything in or out of the country for like decades. And, uh, any like drone or probe that's sent above the country disappears. This never comes back. Doesn't send any signals back. Is just gone. Uh, and then there's like a whole bunch of stuff that happens. So uh, that one's a really interesting read. So I would definitely recommend that if you want something different. It's not really a superhero book. All right. Well, that's uh, that's all the ones I wrote down because there are a lot. Oh yeah, uh, there's so always a lot. Go check out leagueofcomicgeeks.com. If you want to see the full uh, release uh, every week, so you can go check past weeks, you can check future weeks, you can set yourself up a profile and a pull list, you can set up uh, like an archive that lets you know which books you have. Um, but yeah, check it out; it's cool. Also, uh, check out Marvel Unlimited. Uh, it's promo code Madness for those who have seen it. For sixty dollars for the whole year. Ooh, madness! M a d n e s s. Not sponsored by them. Just happen to like comic books and want everyone to know about it. And <laughs> also, someone came up with a really interesting question the other day that I saw. Ooh, all right. Um, actually, it was today. I was reading it from a friend. He wanted to know if you pitted the Borg against the xenomorphs uh who would win oh um, oh i know i said it depends on wh how many against how many and the scenario personally uh i said if it's if it, if the borg just happened upon like a nest of them i'll bet you what will probably happen is the borg will send a few drones down to uh, investigate if there's anything there uh, if they run into the Xenomorph, they may decide they want to capture it. If, for instance, those several dozen drones get overtaken, I'll bet you they just destroy the, the station. I mean, there's a precedence for that in Star Trek Voyager where they couldn't, um, they were unable to absorb uh, Species A472, so they just attacked them. And that was their standing order, not to try and capture them, but to destroy them at all costs. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, I can definitely see that being the case that they happen upon them first. Mm -hmm. um, 
I think, you know, if the opposite happens, they like find this specimen and they bring it on board and it, it's maybe like a egg or like a, a gestating alien. Uh, it gets into like their systems, like outside of their like normal trafficking patterns. Mm-hmm. It'd probably be able to, to do some really decent damage. I think uh, I think one on one, or even you know maybe a dozen Borg against the Xenomorph, the Xenomorph probably comes out on top. Yeah, I can see that. But if it's if it's a whole cube against you know a nest of Xenomorphs, I'm pretty sure it's it's all over for the Xenomorphs. Yeah, I would really like to see like what would happen uh, if a like egg is able to gestate in a Borg. That would like be a, trippy, right? A Borgamorph. I know. That, that would, would be terrifying. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. Pom, 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 pom. Okay. Now I have something new to be afraid of. Yeah, that's... Uh, if you weren't afraid of a Xenomorph mixed with a Predator, uh, you should be afraid of a Borg mixed with a fucking Predator. Yeah. I mean, there's one thing to have, like, a cold-blooded thinking hunter after you, and another to have a, a completely just murder-minded machine that's combined with a super deadly alien. Probably the most deadly uh, creature in the universe. Right. So, <laughs> so yeah, that uh, for those at home, think about that, and then uh, have a nightmare about it, because I will. Uh, yes, for yeah. sure. Ooh. Yeah, I, that's felt a chill go down my spine. <laughs> All right. Who owns those two <laughs> franchises? Uh, Paramount. <laughs> Paramount owns Star Trek. Twentieth Century Fox owns Aliens. So Disney, Disney owns Disney Aliens. Owns, damn it. Yeah. Uh, so, a, as you may know, uh, the Xenomorph is a Disney princess. Yeah, yeah, just there like you go. just like Klinger is a Disney princess. Yep, <laughs> you got it. That's awesome. Okay, all right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Hit me, hit me all hard. Right. So this is our revelation from the last issue of Eternals: is that I uh, the real important species was not the Eternals. The Eternals were essentially just managing the deviants and how they were supposed to progress. The actual important species was the deviants. Uh, their goal of the Celestials was to cultivate them as a powerful race to uh, oppose the Horde and the Dark Celestials. Cool. Yeah. So that's like another crushing blow to the Eternals' uh, whole shtick. And then uh, at the end of that one, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't read Eternals number 12, 2022, maybe fast forward like a minute. It's not going to be long. Uh, But after the culmination of all that, uh, Druig ends up uh, in charge as the Prime Eternal, which is just shitty for everybody else because mm-hmm. he's a dick. Uh, he used Thanos 
uh, to get what he wanted. And uh, Thanos uh, is dead or at least severely incapacitated. It's hard to tell. He, his body part is like mutated, so I'm going to assume he's dead um, for now. Um, but he's the Prime Eternal, and uh, he's like, I have to give these people a purpose because they're not going to listen to me if I'm just, you know, the boss. They have to have a driving thing pushing them forward. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, okay, we're supposed to get rid of deviants. Let's find out where are all the deviants. And uh, his little thing lights up, and it's got these two little islands. So one we know is Lemuria, the uh, Deviant's uh, home, like, city-state. And then there's this other island, and which island do you think it is, Kevin? Um, the name is ex- escaping me. Is it the Mutants Island? Krakoa? It is. It's Krakoa. That's I knew I'd figure it out in the end. So <laughs> that that is, uh, I think, the next thing we'll see about Judgment Day is going to be the Eve of Judgment, which should come out uh, by the end of the month. Awesome. Yes. Ooh. Speaking of new things, uh, yes. I know this is completely off topic, but the MCU did just announce um, Thunderbolts was going to be a thing. So we now know what... Um, Julia uh, Louis Dreyfus's character has been up to this whole time. Ooh, Justice like Lightning. Yeah, yeah. She's Ooh. been she's been forming <laughs> the, the Thunderbolts with uh, Yelena Belova, uh, Captain Walker, or U.S. Agent Walker. Um, Was that announced that those characters are part of Thunderbolts? Uh, that's what it sounds like. Um, okay, because like there is a version of Thunderbolts where Baron Zemo was the head of it. I actually think that he is part of it too. Okay, I think that so he's going to be a part of it. So all the all the antiheroes, so the people who are really villains, but kind of pretend to do good things. I mean, Yelena Belova, I could I, I totally call her a hero. I'm not gonna. Call uh, well, her anti-heroes, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, but. Um, I would consider her full-blown hero, not really an anti-hero, but it sounds like it may be something that they bring Deadpool in on, because I know Deadpool 3 is part of the new Phase 4, uh, and it is going to be R-rated just as the same, just as the uh, previous two, so there's no, nothing to worry That's about good. there. Disney has decided it's probably in their best interest to use the uh, full might of what they've got along with the already pre-established fan base for Deadpool. Yes, yeah, absolutely. It's going to be off the hook when we see that movie. Hopefully they kept kept the writers for that one. Uh, That'd be a good way for them to bring Luke Cage back, too, because Luke Cage uh, was the head of the Thunderbolts for a little bit as well. Oh, cool. I I do like that actor. Yes. Uh, He's in a good show on Paramount Plus called Evil. Yeah, I think the fourth season of that just came out. Yeah, I suggest watching it. It's very good. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. It's on. It's it's got the same tone that like Fringe had. Ooh. Um, except it's more. It's it's not so much. It's like scientific. It's like it's supernatural meets Fringe. Uh, Okay. So it's not much science. It's it's more like supernatural, paranormal kind of stuff. 
which is really cool. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right up my alley. Oh yeah, good stuff. The first season is crazy. All right, where were we? My bad. All right, all right, <laughs> Celestials, Celestials. All right, so we have some noticeable, notable Celestials uh, in Arishem the Judge. We've seen that one uh, in the Eternals movie. Mm-hmm. There's Ashima the Listener. Callus the Void. There's the Celestial Madonna. Uh, Devron the Experimenter. Ia the Wise. Nizar the Calculator. Progenitor. Tiamat the Dreaming Celestial. Tiamat is uh, the one that was coming out of the Earth in Eternals. Uh, Zotus the Harvester. Zoran the Tester. So, uh, what are the Celestials? Uh, they were created by the first pyramid. So, that's the embodiment of the galaxy. So, n- most notably, the universe, the not the embodiment, galaxy. Uh, right, correct. Uh, universe. Oh, there's a grand um, cosmic scale that we have to keep in line here. Come yes. On. So, uh, the first pyramid is the embodiment of the universe. And most notably, the first universe. Um, so celestials are considered to have immeasurable cosmic and supernatural powers, making them nearly or actually omnipotent. Uh, they can exist. Omnipotent? In... Yeah, that's what the article said. I mean, that's isn't what... it isn't it pronounced omnipotent? Potato, potato. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, they can exist in multiple places at one time and can bend space and time to their whims uh, to variable effect depending on the individual celestial. So um, some of them are much more powerful than others, but in the scale of power between a celestial and any individual hero is uh, like... It's on a whole other... It's basically... You and me versus like an ant. I would they're, even say that. Just, I would say an amoeba. Yeah, an it's ant. You and I, something totally inconsequential. Something that couldn't even stand a single chance if they tried. Like an ant, if they were to, if an ant colony slash multiple colonies came at came at us, they may be able to do some damage, especially the type of ant. I'm t- like right. an ame- amoeba can't really do shit. Even if they had uh, billions of them, they really couldn't do shit. So what about a shark with a freaking laser on their head? I mean, that could do some shit, some damage. <laughs> but we're talking, yeah. we're talking a grand it's cosmic like- power that is way beyond anyone. And and we'll see some actions right away that are. Which makes show us exactly which, how powerful they are. Which makes Gore's ability to freaking slice one's head off uh, even more impressive. Uh, that was null, actually. Oh, sorry. Null. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Null. Why did I say Gore? Because uh, I've, Gore, I've got Thor Love Thunder at, on my take head. His, his sword after he does that. Yes. Um, but it 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 is null that does that. Yes. Um. So they are almost immortal. 
They can survive almost any attacks with the exception of uh, similar cosmic level entities. Uh, while functionally immortal, they are susceptible to infection by the horde. Uh, unless dead for an extreme amount of time, so that's uh, a minimum of 4 billion years based on some contextual uh, stuff in the comic books, uh, they can be resurrected by another celestial. Uh, so one of the reasons that the celestial that was killed by Null could not be resurrected is that when he killed it, he bound the body and soul uh, to himself. Uh, so they were not able to uh, bring that one back. Yeah, it seems that one of their particular uh, weaknesses is the all-black sword. Uh, yes. The so power, we'll see that the power of the void um, is pretty uh, devastating. They are creators, so they create things. Uh, so they're susceptible to like the antithesis of that, mm. the void. Which mm. takes away life and into nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if they are damaged they do have the ability to immediately regenerate limbs uh, they create experiment judge and kill entire civilizations of uh, varying levels of power and advanced uh, technology uh, they are considered to be hyperspace beings piloting armor from uh, the fifth dimensional space all right, so those are basic facts about what the Celestials are. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they were created by the First Pyramid, the living embodiment of the universe, because it was lonely. Uh, many worshipped the Pyramid and sought its approval while, when creating life. So they created life for praise from the First Pyramid, uh, earning them the name of Aspirants. Another group of Celestials wanted their creations to grow change, evolve, and even die if necessary, which was considered madness and sacrilege by the pyramid, causing them to be named the multicolored rebels. Hmm. Uh, eventually, this led to a war between the aspirants and the multicolored rebels uh, for domination of all creation, uh, which leads to the creation of the first multiverse and the death of many Celestials on both sides. Both groups were severely reduced by this war, and the conflict was only concluded after the uh, MCR seized and used the God-Killer armor to end the battle, which was a, um, a tool that the Aspirants had created. Uh, when the Aspirants' power severely diminished, the MCR plotted to finish the war by shattering the First Pyramid, creating the first multiverse and causing the remaining aspects of the first pyramid and aspirants to flee into new universes, also called the second cosmos. So they, they have on their own the power to shatter entire universes. Hmm. Um, so, uh, that type of power is pretty freaking insane. Yes, um, <laughs> it's it's just completely like mind blowing that uh, you have one 
essentially dying uh, in Eternal. So either that's like a temporary thing or uh, maybe it was too weak to defend itself because it hadn't finished forming or whatever. Uh, but that's that's where we're at. Nice. All right. So the next the next thing that happens is the exterminators uh, desiring to create balance to the life they were generating. Uh, they gave life to primordial darkness and called them exterminators. Eventually, they lost control of their creations and had to seal them in a newly created universe, just to avoid them destroying the multiverse itself and uh, replicating beyond control. There are some storylines uh, that you can read that get into uh, what happens, you know, when even like one or two of them gets out of that universe, and how uh, how much power it takes to defeat even these creations of uh, the Celestials. And now we approach ancient times. So after the failure of the exterminators, the Celestials evolved their own servitors, which they named Omegas. Omegas are nearly identical to each other and all wear similar garb and are mostly distinguishable by hair and voice. They serve the Celestials and contain within them some level of cosmic power. The species is governed by a council that rules mostly unknown to the remainder of the species. Uh, notably, the Omegas are responsible for creating the machine, uh, what they call a concordance engines, uh, on Earth uh, across the multiverse. So they are specifically building this machine to draw in these events that create superheroed individuals on Earth, specifically Earth, as the most uh, important planet in uh, the multiverse, in every multiverse. Whoa. Yes. So a cosmic uh, uh, funnel of some sort. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Cool. Um, Did you lose your place? Uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it gathers um, unique events that are responsible for creating superpowered beings and could regenerate a race of caretakers, uh, i.e. the Eternals. So uh, in the article, uh, it jumps from the second cosmos all the way to the seventh cosmos. Mm. Uh, when the Celestials enter the void of the seventh cosmos, they begin to fill it with life, and they encounter Null, which you know he's like, bruh, that's my yard. Why are you building shit in my yard? <laughs> like my yard to be empty. Uh, and he uh, decapitates the Celestial with his sword of living darkness. The uh, all black. The all black. Which we will hopefully get to see. Uh, I I I think we will, honestly. We have to. There's just yeah. in the comic books freaking Gore didn't even run into Thor until after he had run into Null and stolen the all black. Yeah. So that, I mean that that puts a chance out there that we'll see Null if even for a moment in that movie. Oh, we could see a flashback or something. When Oh, God. Oh, God, uh, I hope so. Uh, mm. Anyone else just have, like, an erection there? Just me. Uh, it's the weirdest erection right now. 
they are unable to resurrect their companion due to its body and soul being bound to null in the realm between. The dead celestial's head is turned into nowhere, initially used as a forge for null to create the symbiote or clintar race, which we talked about in the uh, Venom episode. The several Venom episodes. Several symbiotes. Venom episodes, Carnage actually. Carnage yeah. and Venom, yeah. Carnage, Venom, and just symbiotes in general. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the Watchers. So uh, when the Watchers discovered the Celestial's agenda, they made it their duty to observe the ongoings of the Celestials, but not to interfere. As you know, they have a policy of non-interaction. Except uh, for Uatu. Except for Uatu. Uh, very... um, at least in races younger than themselves. Yeah. Uh, they exist in some sort of Cold War with the Celestials for billions of years. All right, that brings us to That's interactions. That's an interesting with... thought when you think about it. The Watchers yeah. are powerful enough to keep the Celestials in a stalemate of sorts that uh, rivals the um, the Cold War of Russia and, and the United States during yes, their well, uh, if you remember, mutually assured destruction um, days. From last episode, the Eternals. Um, the Eternals uh, serve the Celestials, but the Celestials serve the Fulcrum. So the Fulcrum is served by the Celestials, the Horde, and the Watchers. Uh, and that is like the whole spectrum of good to bad and neutral. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Watchers uh, exist in balance with these other groups to uh, I guess keep the universe kind of rolling. Gotcha. Uh, so yeah, so that brings us to interactions with early Earth. Uh, so four billion years from the current timeline, a celestial named Progenitor came to Earth infected with the parasitic horde and died in the area of the North Pole. Uh, so when it dies, uh, it releases its you know, juices. As life force seeps into the earth, it eventually causes the rise of many superpowered humans, a uh, million years, and then uh, changes the trajectory of earth for basically until the current timeline. A million years uh, passed from now mm-hmm. in the timeline. Uh, a celestial known as Zagreb, the aspirant, came to Earth looking for the progenitor and became infected by the horde parasite and became a dark celestial. So while on Earth, Zagreb comes into conflict with the prehistoric Avengers and is killed due to being weakened by the parasite. Uh, so the prehistoric Avengers, uh, as we've seen in uh, several issues of Avengers Forever, as well as uh, the current Avengers book, uh, includes a Ghost Rider, uh, a Starbrand, a Sorcerer Supreme, a Black Panther, a Phoenix, and a Odin or Allfather uh who is uh, also potentially a uh, boar. So boar is the father of Odin. Odin's the father of Thor. Yeah. Odin, boar son. Yes. Uh, and then uh, 
once defeated, uh, Zagreb would be buried under South Africa. Uh, they explained that Zagreb was likely severely weakened uh, due to being infected with the parasite, um, which is how they were able to kill him. And those that, that group of heroes is some of the most powerful uh, forces in the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure it took their whole power just to, to kill a weakened one. Something like that, you know. Yeah. And that and the the ghost writing that's really cool. He's writing a uh, a mastodon. <laughs> of course, yes. Yes, <laughs> a flaming mastodon with a a uh, caveman with a flaming skull. <laughs> uh, so that brings us to the first host. Uh, the loss of the two celestials drew the attention of the rest of their kind and a sizable group of Celestials came to Earth to perform the experiment known as the First Host. The Stone Age Avengers tried to fight the visitors, but they were soundly defeated. Uh, to look after the result of the contagion, the First Host of Celestials then genetically engineered 100 Eternals. In addition to that, they also created 100 grotesque deviants and developed the X-gene that would eventually give rise to mutants. So, uh, Druig is now targeting the mutants, but it sounds more like the ultimate goal was actually their creation. So, uh, what they really are supposed to be doing is maintaining um, a baseline and not allowing excess deviation, which is the... Uh, like overmutation, which causes them to become uncontrollable, which we haven't seen in like uh, any uh, Homo superior or mutant, uh, like mutating them literally into like a monster that just kills whatever it sees. Mm. Uh, so that's going to bring us to Judgment Day, I think, which is going to see, uh, you know, a group of Eternals trying to exterminate the mutants while other Eternals uh, are probably trying to prevent them from doing that. Uh, so do you think the these Eternals are starting to believe that the X-Men may go too far and become deviants? Like their their mutations end up becoming Well, as, as we know, like there is like a, a, there are Eternals that believe in the like domination of the planet instead of uh, like le- leaving humanity to its own devices. Yeah. So I think we're going to see some of the Eternals that uh, have been named but haven't been shown before mm-hmm. uh, as uh, ones that are in support of, you know, dominating the earth and eliminating all deviants uh, when they're, if, you, if they were following the real prime directives of Eternals, the, it doesn't say to erase deviance. It says to maintain uh, protection against excess deviation. So uh, their, their express purpose is to remove those individuals that do mutate beyond their own personal control. So I think what you're what you're actually saying is that there's going to be Eternals that are taking it to the extreme 
and saying instead of waiting around for deviation to happen or excess deviation to happen, they're going to cut it cut it out by the root. Yes. Okay. And with the re- revelation that the deviants and then therefore the mutants are, you know, essentially the reason that uh, the Celestials did this experiment, um, I think we may even see a fifth host of uh, Celestials come to the planet uh, and be all like, oh, dog, we're disappointed in you. <laughs> nice. Yes. Well, that's pretty I'm excited for that event. It, it's it's getting neat. more and more interesting the more you describe what's going to what can mm-hmm. happen, what possibly could happen. Yeah, and I mean, like, e- even if we thought, like, the uh, the King in Black and the arrival of, like, his symbiote army and all that, if we thought that was a large-scale conflict, this might put that to shame. Um, yeah, I mean, they're taking three of the most powerful groups of uh, super-powered individuals. Um, I mean, the, right now, those those books are essentially like the the core Marvel books being released right now. Like you get, you still get like uh, you know Iron Man books coming out, and like uh, what's one I don't like Thor. Thor is coming out, uh, but like the the big books are always like Avengers or uh, the core X Men book or uh, Eternals. So they're taking three of the the core storyline books right now and they're you know coming into a giant clash that could ultimately change what I uh, what happens after and like what we're going to be reading after you know will there still be Avengers and Eternals and X-Men comic books after this absolutely but, uh, you know, will that be what's driving uh, the the storylines in Marvel? Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, that's very interesting. How long is this uh, uh, event supposed to last? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, most event books are uh, usually, like, between five and eight books. Okay. Uh, so if it's... If it is as big as it sounds like it's going to be, I would expect it to be eight. So that's probably one book every mm, every other week. Oh. Or yeah, I would I would say it probably isn't more than every other week. Okay, so at least two a month. Yeah. Okay. So so we'll, could be like four whole, months. That's a whole summer event. Sounds like yeah. That's awesome. Noise. So is that yeah. is that if we caught up on the Eternals or sorry Celestials? Uh, yeah, well, we covered like a whole bunch of Celestial stuff in the Eternals. So, uh, if you want to know more about the remainder of the hosts, go back and listen to the Eternals episode uh, because I'm just gonna be repeating myself <laughs> at this point. Yep. So if you haven't already listened to that one, go ahead and uh, check out our other ones. Also, catch all of the ones that we've done so far, if you haven't already. Our whole season one is just, uh, us trying to figure out what the hell we're doing. Yeah. Oh, we get there. We had some really interesting ones. We had uh, uh, Cast Your Own Franchise. I like that one. We should try that again with a different series of 
comic books. Um, Absolutely. And yeah, but um, all right. If that's all, all you got, man, that's all I've got. We'll uh, okay. We'll uh, we'll say catch us more for season two. Uh, Fan conspiracy theories, Stargate Sundays, and comic book Fridays. Uh, check out our uh, our Twitter to get an idea of what's going on at Seven Days to RSG, and our Facebook at Seven Days to RSG as well. All right, Ryan. Yeah, don't forget to uh, support your local comic book shop. Stop in, say hey, get your books. Uh, they always appreciate the business, and uh, you all know we appreciate them. So let them know it. Yes, always, always. Be sure to to help those guys out because comic books can't die. Don't let it. It's not going to happen. Don't let them die. All right, everybody. Uh, It's been good. It's been real. We wish you seven days to rock and stone, Guardians. Rock and stone. Later. Bye-bye.